Talent Economy is a publication of Human Capital Media. For more coverage, visit talenteconomy.io. Also, subscribe to Talent 10X on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or TuneIn. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talent 10X. I'm your host and senior editor over at Talent Economy, Lauren Dixon. Joining me is Amy Dordek. She is co-founder and chief revenue officer of Growth Play, a Chicago-based sales effectiveness firm. She's also on the board of Sales Assembly. She's also an advisory board member of Roosterly, co-founder of Pizza City USA, and co-founder of The Feed Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Amy. Thank you. So my first question, what led you to co-found Growth Play, and what have you learned about talent management along the way? So Growth Play was founded because we were seeing in the marketplace that companies were trying to solve the sales and growth equation in a wide variety of ways. And many companies were solving it from one angle or one aspect. So training, every growth problem is a training problem. Or sales assessments, you know, how do you improve a team? So there were sales assessments separate from sales training. And then consulting was often separate from that. And and we felt that a company needed services along the spectrum of that growth equation or that growth issue. And so we decided to put solutions together that could help companies where they were at so that we could diagnose an issue and then solve it with different ways of you know, addressing the problem, whether it be a an assessment on the talent piece, uh, we could provide assessment tools and assessment uh, talent analytics. We could also address it with consulting, and then we could address the problem with training, coaching, and development. And so we decided to put those solutions together through both acquisitions and then through developing our own solutions as well through a uh, an organic growth process. So we decided that Growth Play could help a company, you know, address the problems where they were at. And we saw a gap in the market between all of these dis- different disparate solutions. And what was interesting is people were excited because they don't always have the answer. And so they were looking for experts to have that answer and to help them understand, you know, where best to start. Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense that rather than solving sales from one aspect, such as training or having a consultant come in, it would be much more effective to have a broader scope of solutions. Yes, we've found that that's true. So I hear quite a bit that some functions, such as marketing and sales, have been quick to use analytics, but talent management functions haven't been quite as quick to do so. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that a lot of people struggle with the data. You know, where do they find credible, you know, HR talent data? Do they have the right information to make the right decisions? And so I think understanding where to start is one challenge. I think marketing has had it easier because there's a lot of consumer data and buying data along the way, but maybe less so in the talent management or HR function. I think that you know, many studies say between 10 and 20% of firms are using analytics in their HR function. And I do think that's changing quite a bit. But I think understanding, you know, what strategy you have first and then connecting that to analytics has been challenging for some HR and talent functions. So what problem you're trying to solve is maybe the first question. And then second, do you have the information and data and analytics 
to be able to solve that problem for the business. That's what I think we see and why it's becoming more important to have analytics as far as to solve talent problems, as well as for sales to understand, do they have the right workforce? Do they have effective talent? Do they have data that can inform the talent acquisition strategy? Do they have data that can help them understand their diversity issues? So in order to put an analytics strategy in place, what do talent managers need to know before doing that? Well, I think one of the things they need to know is what problem are they trying to solve for? You know, there's many things that there there's so much that data can do. It's probably overwhelming these days. So I think understanding your priorities is number one. I think, as I just said, many companies are using um, talent analytics solutions to solve. Do they have the right or the most effective workforce? Do they have the tools to, you know, do better workforce planning? Do they have the right solutions and uh, systems and processes in place for better talent acquisition? Do they have a way to diversify? I think that it's really important to understand what problem you're solving first. Are you looking at improving employee effectiveness? Are you looking to improve skills in your in your team? To and do you know what skills you need to improve? So I think understanding where to start, what data you have to analyze to solve those problems, I think is maybe where many companies are struggling. Where it's easier to solve consumer insights and you know, understand your buyer, maybe it's more challenging today to understand your employees and your workforce today, just because of where the information lies in an organization and how to consolidate it in a way that is useful. Really, all analytics, I think, should be doing or or, or the most important thing that you should be doing with this analytical information is helping to inform decisions. So understanding what you're trying to solve and then what decisions you want to make with that information. It's challenging. Definitely. So first, know what problem to solve for. And then you said that analytics should be helping to inform decisions. Uh, So in your experience, what makes a strong people analytics strategy? I think what makes for strong analytics strategy to begin with is understanding your company's strategy. So what is the strategy? You know, are you driving growth through, you know, what X, Y, Z ways? And then how do you connect the analytics to that strategy? In order for talent analytics and HR talent management to be a good strategic partner, they need to understand how to align their strategy to the company strategy. And then how do you use those objectives to inform your organizational strategy, your your performance improvement strategy, your training strategy, and then your analytic strategy for sure. So maybe to summarize, connecting your analytic strategy to your company strategy. What problems, like we just said, are you trying to solve? And then how can analytics solve those problems? So I think that would be step number one. Then really understanding what information would make the most positive impact. So I I mentioned earlier some of the things that can be solved for. I think, you know, bench strike, succession is really challenging. Improving quality of hire, improving employee performance and engagement are often things that I think companies can do a better job of, of, you know, a place to start. Um, Those are easy places to start that could have certainly return on investment and potentially very specific information that comes out of it in order for companies to see ways to solve them quickly and potentially easily. Yes. So speaking of return on investment, what results do you think that people will see from a strong people analytics strategy? And what exactly is a sign of success? 
Well, you know, we, so Glowsoy has a predictive talent analytics tool called Chally. And one of the things that we've found is people often are, are not hiring, using competency-based hiring strategies and not using uh, really the most effective measures for success when it comes to potentially like client-facing roles or sales hires. And so what we see is the more you can use competencies and analytics-based decision-making tools to inform hiring and development, for sure on the front end, you're going to have, if you use Chally, for example, our tool, or you use many other predictive analytical tools in the hiring process, you will improve significantly, 30 to 40% improvement in hiring the right people in the right roles. And especially in client-facing sales roles, imagine if you were to fill a territory more quickly, if you were to have you know lower turnover in client-facing roles, the amount of productivity and the amount of revenue growth you would have just by making sure that you have the right people in the right roles. So that's number one. We believe using predictive analytics on the front end, especially for hiring, there's a very large impact on uh, company performance by by doing that. And then second would be in development. You know, there are things that um, make a difference in training and development, and there are certain things that might not make as much of an impact. So training and developing people on the skills they need to be most effective in their role also has a very high ROI on in the investment in both assessing those skills and then training to fill those gaps in skills in your organization. So I, I would say, the assessment on the front end and the development on the back end and really honing those have very high ROI. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Get the right people into the roles first and then train them to be the best that they can. So thank you for, yeah. for sharing those, those points to really focus on. Yes. Thank you. Yes. We, the, just the numbers don't lie as far as that. And we know that sales roles in particular are very tricky companies have a very difficult time hiring the right people in the right role. And, and they often have a very hard time identifying what successful people do in those roles, what defines success in those roles. So getting that right and using predictive analytics to fill those jobs, whether it's a you know sales development representative, a sales leader, those are very difficult roles to fill these days as well as just field sales reps and, and business developers. So the problems people are trying to solve with talent analytics typically fall into these buckets. Workforce effectiveness, workforce planning, talent acquisition, diversity, employee performance, skills assessment, quality of hire, bench strength or succession, and engagement. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for listing those. That's really helpful, Amy. Yeah, I thought those would be helpful. They're basically a conglomeration of things that I've seen both in our materials and then online as far as the types of, you know, problems or issues or challenges that companies are solving with talent analytics and either in HR or in the broader organization. Perfect. So my last question, what advice do you have for talent managers working to implement talent analytics and also to improve sales or other client facing roles? I think starting small with a very focused approach. Again, we talked about what problem are you solving for? Are you solving for improving uh, performance? Are you solving for improving hiring? Are you looking to improve succession or engagement? Really focusing on those 
outcomes, driving for outcomes, and then starting to measure the things that matter. So for employee performance or for, you know, succession, you know, are you promoting the right people? Are you measuring the right things in performance? I think starting with very focused two, three, four goals at the most, and then really starting to measure the impact makes a big difference. And and spending the course of a year just measuring, understanding what you're measuring, and then if your measurements matter, focus, prioritization, and starting small. So start small, focus on the outcomes, and measure what matters. Those are great takeaways. Well, that's all that I have, but thank you so much for your time, Amy, and thank you for sharing all of this wonderful advice about talent analytics with our audience, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Check back next week for more content. Bye.